You're listening to the Have Tap Shoes Will Travel Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Have Tap Shoes Will Travel. Wow, what a wonderful day it is today. Beautiful sunny day here in Minneapolis. The snow is starting to melt finally. Finally, I think we've made it over the hump. I'm feeling optimistic, at least. Who knows? You know how Prince says, sometimes it also snows in April. So I'm ready for whatever. But today is feeling good. I know um, this podcast is getting up a little bit later than I would like it to. You know what? That's just going to happen sometimes. I will I will make sure that there is one up every week. But uh, a couple things came up yesterday, so I, I wasn't able to get it all recorded and finished by then. That's all right. The opening music you listened to at the very beginning here was called North 2nd Street. And that was off of the Bucket Drumming CD that is available on iTunes and on Spotify, and I can send you a hard copy if you would like as well. You just let me know. Hit me up. I'll make sure you get it. It was a CD that my brother Andy and I recorded in the studio, and that track is called North 2nd Street for a couple reasons. It's a, it's a place in Minneapolis. It's a place where we had a practice space for a long time over at the Taylor Building when it used to be there, and now it's since been converted into a paintball place but that's where we had a practice space in there we had a couple different spaces in there where we used to uh, practice with the musicians and a lot of bands had spaces in there and a a lot of different hip-hop artists also had studios in that space it was a really cool spot where in what was the early 2000s back when everyone was running pro tools we all had the pro tool setups in our in our spaces And at first we had kind of a smaller unit at this practice space, but then at some point they kind of didn't upgrade and we were able to get this giant room and we called it Studio 54 because it was in room number 54 and we had a lot of different parties in there. And, you know, when you have a practice space, it's the beautiful thing about it is it's a unique thing in that it is a room that you rent by the month and as a band, you can be loud in that room anytime you want. You can go in there and crank it up as loud as you want and just practice. And this is how bands are able to practice without driving all of their neighbors completely crazy. And we, we, when we moved into the Studio 54 space, we ended up building this floor in there, this, this, um, this stage that was built in there. And it was made out of wood. 
and we had we were able to tap on it and then we also had you know the band set up behind it and we had recording gear we put carpet in the place and we painted it so it looked really cool and had lighting in there it was a great spot and that was on north second street and one sec man i had to take a drink this early already that's good oh yeah that was just pure water though don't worry about it it's 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 evening time on monday right now but um just gotta get a little water sometimes so that my mouth doesn't make that sound you know you know what i'm talking about a little okay so studio 54 we had this sweet space on north second street and it's also the place where we rehearse at the lundstrom center for performing arts get a shout out to them over in north minneapolis it is a wonderful spot to get studio space and they have beautiful floors over there the maple tongue and groove hardwood floors sprung and it's a beautiful spot to be able to tap dance the floors sound really good over there and actually the one of their best sounding floors is a floor that the, you don't ever get to dance on because it's in one of their dressing room spaces but it was a floor that they used to have over at ascension church and it was the room that Dorothy Lundstrom used to teach tap dance out of and they ripped up the entire floor when they moved over to the new center and so that entire floor was cleaned and relayed in a, in this new room which is now used as a dressing room but it's a beautiful floor and it sounds really good when you tap on it I wish they would have some more classes back in that area oh anyways but that's over on North 2nd Street the Lundstrom Center for Performing Arts. Let's see what's going on today. We've um, well, so the, so that was the track from our CD on the Bucket Drum and Volume One CD, and that was I think it's track number two, North Second Street. A lot of the tracks on there are named after places that were places where Andy and I have drummed. So that is that is the tie-in for that one. Right now, I currently have a giant pot of water on the stove. And it's in, it's in the other room boiling. So if you hear that in the background, that's what's going on. Um, it's not a cauldron. I'm actually making matzo balls right now, and I'm I'm excited for those. It's always delicious to have some of those just on reserve. So I, I made some of those today, and it smells really good in here because I added a little bit of um, like Italian blend seasoning with a you know like oregano parsley sort of blend of spices put those inside the matzo balls you know i'm i'm not jewish but i you know i like i like matzo balls and and i like to modify the recipe a little bit i'm gonna throw some some spices in there and boil them up what's wrong with this guy what's what's going on here anyways so i've I've got this experiment going on right now and it smells really good i'm excited to put those in some soup a little bit later on so there you go I'm i'm looking forward to that I have a, a few things that I've been wanting to talk about this week, and so I've been writing them down. Once again, overcoming the resistance, fighting the procrastination. Man, there have been so many times this week where I was like, you know what, I should just record something right now and just have, have a few things already kind of cut together, ready to go. No, it didn't happen. But today I had to fight myself. I'm like, you know what, you have to carve this time out. If you want to... If you want to put a podcast out every week and say that that's what's happening, you need to carve out that time to do it. And so 
whether or not there is a guest or not, I still have to carve out that time and make sure I record it. So there we go. Here we are. I'm fighting the procrastination once again, and it's it was trying to win. Even earlier tonight, it was trying to win the battle, but we shall remain victorious. And I had a wonderful class tonight over at Xenon, teaching the adult beginner tap class over there on Mondays from 6 to 7. Um, tonight, I had four students in there, and one of them was from St. Olaf, which really reminds me of the Golden Girls every time I hear somebody say St. Olaf now. I've been watching the Golden Girls. Okay, whatever, I'm admitting it. It's fine. Golden Girls are hilarious if you haven't seen that yet. Um, check it out. It's on Hulu, if you have Hulu. Man, the writing on that show was pretty amazing. But I, I was able to sit down and talk with a student from St. Olaf tonight. She was She was asking me some questions about tap dancing and gender roles in tap dancing and things like do you feel like there are steps in tap dancing that are more masculine or more feminine or like steps that are gendered sorts of steps and I'm trying to think of I was trying to think of you know a good example of a step that I felt like was either that's a guy step or that's a girl step or you know that's a man step that's a female step I just, I can't seem to think of any steps that seem to be specifically gendered as far as tap dancing goes. And if you know of some, I would be interested to hear what that might be from you. Um, I think that there are steps that are definitely um, steps that people do better or worse than other steps. There are steps that I think are steps that I would choose to do over others. But I don't think it has to do anything with a sort of gender behind it. I think it has more to do with personal preference of steps that you choose to do uh, and finding your own voice. This is something that I've also been thinking about a lot this week is it is up to us as musicians and as dancers to find our own voice within our instrument. And if if as as a tap dancer, I like to think of what I'm doing as playing music and thinking of the floor like it's a drum. And as I'm playing music on that floor, I need to find my own voice of how to speak, you know, my own thoughts, my share my experience. And as I'm tap dancing, that's what I think is, that's what I'm reaching for. I think that is a an ultimate goal for a lot of people is to find your own voice in that and you can take classes from people and learn steps, but your voice has to do with what steps do you choose to use to express the ideas that you're trying to express. It's easy to emulate somebody else's style. It's easy to have somebody teach you choreography and then you take that and you can do it really well. And that's that's an awesome thing to be able to do is to learn other people's work and all that kind of thing. But for you to find your own voice in it is a whole different thing. And through the process of learning from other people, taking classes, I think it's important to get um, a, a multitude of different teachers that you can learn from because every teacher is going to give you a little something different. Some teachers I've taken class from and I've I've grabbed one new step from it. Other people I've grabbed entire combinations from. And, you know, you'll find as as you take class from some tap teachers, you'll feel like 
they might move a little bit more similarly to how you like to move. But you might also take class from somebody who moves in a whole different way than your body is normally used to moving. And that is really beneficial for you too. Because then you get to find out some new ways of moving that you might not have thought about. And it might influence your style in a really positive way. It might help you find something that seems more close to your authentic voice because you feel like the way that this person moves kind of showed you something about how you like to express yourself. So learning from other people is very important, but it's also important for you to find who you are in what you're doing too. And I think that is what, that is the thing that I, I can't help but think that I, that I sort of owe to the people that have passed it down to me, that I owe to the masters, that I owe to the people who are my influences, that I want to keep this art form alive and well. And by honoring them, I, I take what I've been given and then I express my ideas through that and share that with my audiences. And I think that's an important thing. And I share it with my students too. And it's important to find how do you like to speak? What are you trying to express as you're performing? Is, is it just, it's not just about having a, a plastered on smile and going out there and, and trying to trick the audience into making them think that um, what you did was good. It's actually showing them something real. That's, that's what I hope we're all reaching for, is to show them something real that we feel like is an authentic and honest expression of what our idea is, of what we want to share with our audience, that kind of vibe. And spring is fighting off the remaining winter. We shall be victorious. Yes, this is true. I'm still reading Harry Potter book number four. Here's, here's a little segue for you. Um, I, I still have not progressed any farther in the last two weeks, though. And I, I know that you're all really keeping tabs on that one. That's like a real big deal in your life. But so far, I'm still at the Triwizard Tournament. I need to, I'm, I'm going to read some more this week. I just have to carve out some time for that as well. If I want to finish a book, I need to carve out time to finish that book, right? Same thing. But it can't get in the way of being able to record the podcast as well, right? All right. So right off the bat, I think I will just go ahead and thank Matt over at the Dancing Fair for for being a wonderful shoemaker over there. And I would like to thank Ryan Grams over at Uptop Films and for letting us use all this amazing equipment to keep this podcast running. And also to Andy for being on the opening music track. Give Andy a shout out as well. Andy's going to be performing at the Ordway coming up this summer. He's going to be in 42nd Street, kind of a revival reboot version of 42nd Street, which is going to be choreographed by Jared Grimes. And it's he was he's quite a tap dancer, so you you definitely want to if you're in the Minnesota area, Check it out. It's going to be at the Ordway, 42nd Street, and you're going to see kind of a fresh new uh, recreation of the show. At the audition, they were playing some of the music. The show has been produced one other time. I believe it was down in the Chicago area, and that that version of 42nd Street has all new music. It it almost has like a Stevie Wonder kind of funk feel to it. It's It's got a really good vibe to the music. And, you know, Jared Grimes has really made the choreography really rhythmic and upbeat. 
And from what I saw in the audition, it was a lot of fun to do. And yeah, it's going to, I think it's a, a nice fresh take on that kind of old school musical. Hopefully it's kind of finding its own voice for, for this crowd for now. So what else? Uh, what else do we have on here? We talked about being true to your nature. You have to. I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast, and Ron White was on there talking, and he was talking about you have to be true to your nature of uh, as a stand-up comic. You can't do other people's act because it's not authentic, and that's kind of what got me thinking about tap dancing and how you have you also have to find your own authentic voice within that otherwise it's going to feel like you're faking the funk and that's the thing that the audience reacts to you can't completely you can't bs your audience whether or not they're tap experts or not they will see if you are authentic or not people will sniff that out very quickly especially kids younger audiences will definitely sniff those things out which i think is sometimes why younger audiences are sometimes a little more difficult to win over because they, they've seen so many things. They're so cool already and you have to win them over somehow. And you're, you're not going to be able to win them over by being cheesy and fake. It has to be real. You can be funny. Kids love humor. I mean, we all love humor, right? So you can, you can definitely have elements of that in there. You don't always have to take yourself completely seriously, but it has to be authentic. You have to, it has to be you up there. It can't be some, um, I don't know. That's just what I've been, that's what I've been thinking about, at least for myself. It can't, I, I'm not trying to play a character. I'm still me when I'm up there. It's maybe a heightened sense of me, but it's still, I have, it's my voice that's coming through as the show progresses. Another thing too, is that I've been taking Tai Chi classes for the last almost two years, about a year and a half, two and a half, or a year and a half to two years, somewhere in there. And since I've been doing that, it has been teaching me different things about movement that I, you know, different little insights into what, um, what martial arts are about. I've never really, you know, I've had a lot of dance training, but I've not had a lot of sort of martial arts training or, or any sort of like fighting training until recently. And it's, it's really interesting because the things, a couple things that, um, Mr. Ting keeps talking about in, in class is that power, speed, and accuracy are the things that are important to have an effective attack. And if you can knock off any of those three things, if you can throw off somebody's accuracy, throw off somebody's power, you can neutralize the attack that they are trying to put toward you. And it also makes me think, though, I can, I've been applying these sorts of thoughts to tap dancing of power, speed, and accuracy. And that is something that also applies to tap dancing as well, as you're hitting the floor with your feet. These things are also important. Accuracy being, you know, right on the beat, right on the music. You're, you're accurately tapping right with it. You have to be able to be up to speed to do that. And you also have to have some power in your feet to be able to make it happen. So these are important things all around. And I've also found um, another thing that Mr. Ting was talking about was there's no right or wrong as far as movements go. There aren't any right or wrong moves in a martial arts setting. It's the movement that gives you the most balance that is the best. And in, 
so one thing that I was thinking about is that I remember there was a point in my tap training where I had a teacher point out that a lot of times that um, people, well, they weren't pointing it out this way, but they pointed out that uh, that I was dancing turned out. I was, you know, almost as though you were in a ballet class. I was, everything was kind of turned out. So when I had shuffled to the front, my leg was turned out. So there was that kind of thought. And when the teacher in class saw that, then they had me rotate and make my, you know, turn it in so it was neutral. So I was, uh, my feet were facing parallel toward the front. And once that happened, it was also mentioned, and it, it's, I found this to be true, that you, f- you, get, you gain some speed that way with your shuffles. Instead of shuffling while turned out, if you turn your leg in, not inward, not, not all the way in, but like if you turn your leg so it's neutral and shuffle from that place it's it um so if you were to think of instead of being in first position with your heels together you would turn your legs to be in what some people call sixth position or neutral or if you you know you might be in second position but your feet are facing the front rather than being turned out and you will find some speed occurs when you rotate that in like that so the the thought of there's no right or wrong way to do it but whichever one gives you the most balance and stability is the best in a martial arts application. This might be different, though, if you're looking for a visual. If you want it to look a certain way, you obviously have to consider those types of things. Maybe a choreographer decides they want it to look a certain way, and that's that would be the final call on something like that. But trying your shuffles in, a, in more of a neutral position rather than being turned out, that was kind of a game changer for me years ago. But... Um, shuffles also i've noticed when we're doing like the shuffle warm-up at the beginning of class some people like to to shuffle to a more of a swinging feel and some people um are like to do it to more of a straight feel and i think the important thing is is that everybody is listening to the music in the class and they they determine which one it is and that they all are agreeing on whatever it is and so I, I remember I, I, I started class by shuffling to a, a song that had more of a straight feel to it. This was a few days ago. Up oh, sounds like the matzo balls are ready. Do you hear that? Well, that sounds like a good time to take a quick pause because it's going to keep beeping just like that. So right now we're going to take a little word from our sponsors and I'll be right back and we're going to talk some more about tap. I hope that sounds good to you. We'll talk to you soon. Hi, this is Matt the Shoe Guy from Dancing Fair, and you're listening to Have Tap Shoes, Will Travel. <coughs> and we are back. Thank you for tuning in once again to the Have Tap Shoes Will Travel podcast this week. So, okay, so I just went and checked the matzo balls, and they were totally ready. They turned out really well. It smelled really good in the house. By the way, at this point, I am now talking to you from my car. I'm outside so as not to disrupt anyone else that's inside the apartment currently. 
So I, I took it out to the car, as we like to call it, Honda Studios, and I am recording the remainder of the podcast out here so I can get a good clean recording and not disrupt anyone in the apartment. There we go. That's where we're at. And I am thrilled that these matzo balls turned out how they did. Here's the thing. I, I, I just followed the directions on the side of the can. It was the was the Manischewitz stuff. And I, um, I, I mixed in a little bit of smoked paprika and a little bit of the Italian seasoning blend that I talked about earlier. And then a little bit of garlic powder and a little bit of onion powder and salt and a little black pepper. And then stirred that in just with the rest of the eggs and the and a little bit of oil and whatever. Did the whole thing like it said on the side of the container. Except put these spices in there. And it was turned out really well. So I'm happy with it so far. Now I'm going to need to make some sort of broth to put them in. And I'll, I'll finish it off later. But we've got those and had some dinner. And now I'm out in the car finishing off the podcast so you've got your update of how the matzo balls turned out i'm thrilled you know about that now too and this is why this is why eventually it will be really nice to get a podcast studio of some sort that would be more of a permanent home for recording and it would be it would be pretty cool because then we can just leave it set up and then it's not going to disrupt anyone. It's it's kind of like when bands have the practice space, you can have a place to record a podcast and not disrupt anybody, invite guests over. So that's what I'm working toward. But right now I'm going to keep going guerrilla style, recording it in the car when I need to, just to make sure it gets done. Because that's the important part right now is just fighting the resistance, fighting the procrastination, getting through it, and making sure to keep producing content, getting these podcasts out there so you can check them out. If you have questions or things that you'd like to uh, have, if subjects that you'd hear, you'd want to hear talked about on the podcast, let me know. Send me an email, rick at havetapshoeswilltravel.com. Also, if you're interested in supporting the podcast, there is a place on our Anchor page which is anchor.fm slash travel, And it will never be a requirement, of course, but if you want to support the podcast, there's a way that you can do that. And it can either be a one-time donation or you can set it up to pay monthly as well and be kind of an ongoing supporter. Any amount is amazing and always welcome and obviously never going to be a requirement. So this is, I I just want to keep putting this out there and getting cool people on here to talk. And I'm excited. I've got, I've got some leads on some people that I'm going to be talking with in the future. I'm not announcing anybody quite yet, but we do have some people coming up that are going to be on as guests and I'm excited for that. I received a response from a person who wrote in before. And his name was Steve K, we called him. And he he was writing in before, had some questions. And so he wrote back saying, 
Thank you so much for your response on your podcast. You've given me several avenues to pursue, and we'll let you know how it turns out. This is in regards to building a tap floor that we talked to him about. And he said, I'm going to check out Harlequin floors, see what I can learn. And uh, he may do maple hardwood or and sand it later or whatever. Okay, so he's got he's got some things to consider is basically his, his point here. And he he liked the uh, the comment about maintaining your taps to make sure that you don't gouge the floors up. Not only did he like that comment, but I bet a lot of dance studio owners appreciate that kind of thing too so that you're not destroying people's nice floors. Like I said, tap dancing doesn't necessarily ruin people's floors. It's it's when the screws are hanging out of the shoes and gouging the floors up. That's That's when we have the issues. Or if you've taken your shoes and worn them out on concrete and then walked into a dance studio with a wooden floor, you're obviously going to be ruining it because, like I said before, it turns your taps into metal sandpaper and it just starts gouging up the wood. So if you are going to ever perform outdoors, say like maybe in the summer you decide to tap dance in a parade or something like that and you're out on the street. Ooh, that just sounds better in the mic, doesn't it? I just moved. Uh, So if you're out on the street, you're performing, then perhaps consider having a second pair of tap shoes that you wear for when you take class or after that event that you perform at that you kind of scuff up all the taps on your shoes, you, you might consider switching the taps out for a new set of metal taps. And then you could always save that set for any time you want to dance outside, which I don't really recommend, obviously. Dancing on concrete or blacktop, unsprung floors, is um, it can become very damaging and make your body very sore. And it's not great for your knees. It's not great for the ankles, for the joints, the back. I mean, there's so many things that are not great about tapping on concrete or tile floors or any of that kind of thing. And this this point was brought up recently on Facebook, too, I, I saw. And where the, the point was brought up about how tap dance should only be done on wooden floors. And, you know, like, it's it's 2019. Why are people still tap dancing on things other than sprung wood floors and it got to the it got me thinking too about the point that I was making before about when you are traveling around and you want to present your show if you have a tap show it is easier to have your act be presented if you have a floor already if you're able to say don't worry about that you know they're going to ask you what kind of surface do you need or whatever and you can say don't worry about it i've got a floor already we're we're covered and then also the bonus points would be if they say okay so you've got a floor great now how do what kind of mics do you need for that floor and you say don't worry about it we've already got those mics we're bringing them with us and here's the type of mic it is and here's how many of them we have ideally that situation for a presenter will make your act so much easier to book as a tap dance act because so many people are concerned with their stage floors being tapped on. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there that don't care and they're going to let you come in and tap dance on their theater floor. But then the problem also is consistency with your sound. If we're thinking of ourselves as 
musicians and people playing instruments, you have to have your instrument with you. And if if you're a drummer, you're going to bring your drum kit with, right? You're going to bring your snare drum. If you're a guitar player, you're going to be traveling with your guitar. So, I mean, obviously you have your tap shoes, but to have the floor too will only make it so much easier for people to say yes to booking your act. And that's definitely something to consider. Yes, it's going to take a little bit of an investment, but this whole thing is an investment anyway, right? I mean, you've invested in your shoes. you got some nice custom shoes that have the nice colors on them. And then you've got some outfits. And then you've invested hours in the studio of perfecting these dance routines. And now you're going to go present it. You definitely need to have the right floor surface for that too so that you can sound the best you possibly can and that the audiences can hear you in the best way possible too. For them to hear you tapping on a hard unsprung stage deck versus you tapping on a floor that you bring in that sounds really nice because you have it mic'd and everything sounds great, that experience for the audience member who bought a ticket is also better. So these are some things to consider when talking about building floors and such. All right, so anyway, back to Stephen K's email. He he did a video of Moses Supposes, the famous tap dance with Donald O'Connor and Gene Kelly in the movie Singing in the Rain. And he did a one-man version of it, and then he sent me this YouTube link to it. And so the version that he was doing, though, was uh, because he didn't have a dance floor, he was performing this in a church, and they were not wanting him to be tapping on the surface that they had on their stage. So he basically did it with dress shoes on, and he did it quite a job, man. He's he's all over the place. It was um you, the nice thing about Moses Supposes in the recording was that there were actually tap sounds on it. So him as you know as this performance he was kind of doing a sort of tribute performance in church and and you know I have to say like he he put a lot of energy into it and I mean obviously I couldn't really tell what as far as tap sounds or anything because it wasn't he wasn't um he had dress shoes on and it was already pre-recorded taps but it had some great energy and he he's definitely a an upbeat fun performer and he got a standing ovation in the church. I mean, they loved it. So good on him, right? I mean, that's that's the whole point is that you go you go out there and you you make the audiences feel good. And back in Minneapolis, Andy and my brother and I would be drumming downtown on buckets and there was a a street performer that we met who's since passed away, but his name was Oye and we would cross paths with him a lot in the early 2000s he would be at twins games outside of them playing on a conga drum or he'd be downtown minneapolis you know on a saturday night just you know playing his conga and getting the dance party going there were two different guys that would do this and oye was one of them and he told us one time if if they're feeling bad or how do you say it? If they're feeling good, you got to make them feel better. If they're feeling bad, you got to make them feel good. And that was his advice to us. 
and that was that that just kind of sticks with me and when you're performing for an audience that's our job right if they're already feeling good you got to make them feel better if they're if they're feeling down if they're feeling bad we it's our job to make them feel good in the first place so keep that in mind as we do this yes and there's also the artistry and there's also the enlightenment and there's also the pushing the uh the musicality and that's all important of course but it's also about making the audience feel good and giving them an enjoyable experience something to consider the more you know anyways so he did this this dance to Moses supposes and then he kind of gave me a whole breakdown of it but then I watched the video so all of this is uh, great he's he's looking for a partner in the Roanoke area where is Roanoke I wonder well if you're a tap dancer in the Roanoke area this guy named Steve K is looking for you and perhaps you would like to learn one of the parts of Moses supposes maybe you're a tap dancer and you're you you want to meet up with him if that's if that's the case, send me an email and then I'll put you guys in contact. How's that? Hopefully there there's a, a person out there that might just be the right person. Alright, so then at the very bottom though he also said if you're looking for other questions to answer, one thing I would find interesting are what are some tap moves that are sort of off of the beaten path that you really enjoy? And that makes me think of, you know, as I was talking earlier about finding your voice and finding steps that kind of fit what what you like to talk about and what your message is. Um, that made me think about a couple of different steps that I like to play with. One of them is what I like to call the Minneapolis. And I know that there, this step is probably a step that people have done throughout the years, but it's also a step that I've asked people about, and I've never had anyone say that they specifically knew this step having a name of any kind. So as a form of shorthand, I decided to um, just call it that when I'm teaching it. it's It's got eight sounds to it, and if you were to start with your right foot, and you know when you do your shuffle warm-ups, you do the... Shuffles to the front, shuffles to the side, shuffles to the back. Okay, so we're, think of those three positions, all right, when you're doing your shuffle warm-ups. But if you were to go to the front, and it, like I said, the, this whole step has eight sounds to it. So it goes to the front, it says dig, brush on your right foot, and then heel on your left foot. So dig, brush, heel. And then uh, the next part is shuffle, heel. So that would be the shuffles with your right foot and then the heels with your left foot. And then ball heel goes behind you just setting your right foot down ball heel so dig brush heel shuffle heel ball heel and it goes dig brush heel shuffle heel ball heel dig brush heel shuffle heel ball heel dig brush heel shuffle heel ball heel dig brush heel shuffle you know you get it right another thing you can do with that is i like to kind of swing it out so it says dig brush heel shuffle heel ball heel dig brush heel shuffle heel ball heel that 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 and then I will also instead of doing a shuffle sometimes I like to put a a third in there or some people call it a what was the other word for it a 
I don't know. It's it's like the shuffle, but you let your heel hit in the middle of it. What do you like to call that? Some people call it an open third. Some people have called it like a, a riffle shuffle or I don't know what the hell. People all, have, they, they've got all these names for things, but um, it it makes three sounds instead of two. So if you were to say dig, brush, heel, brrrah, heel, ball, heel, dig, brush, heel, brrrah, heel, ball, heel, then you get that extra kind of sound in there. So you can make it sound a little more fancy. And it's a sort of take on a Cincinnati, but it isn't exactly a Cincinnati. Um, another step that I like to do is I like to call it follow the yellow brick road. And I say, I guess it's that same step again, the the one that I, I would call an open third. Where, or um, So you, you hit your toe of your right foot and then your heel of your right foot, and then your toe again of your right foot. So it says one, two, three, and then set down your right foot, ball, heel, and then on your left foot, say dig brush. So all the first five sounds are on your right foot, and the second, or the, and then the, the final two sounds are on your left foot. So it says um, toe, how do I say it? Uh, how do I say this? So it'd be like ball, heel, brush, set it down, ball, heel. Do you get what I'm saying? God, this is confusing, right? <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to work on my audio describing of tap dancing because perhaps I could teach an entire lesson one day where I just describe the sounds to you audibly and don't show you any video. It's like the wave of the future of tap education where you just listen to it. Anyways, okay, so it's it's a third is like I like to call it. It's it's kind of the motion of a shuffle, but you're letting your heel hit in the middle of it. You probably have a different name for this, perhaps, but you probably get what step I'm talking about, right? And so you, you do one of those one, two, three, and then set it down, ball heel, and then dig brush on your other foot, and then you can you, because your left foot is in the air now, you can start it on the left side and say one, two, three, ball heel, and then dig brush on your right side at the end. So the first five sounds are on whatever foot you're starting with, and then the last sounds, the last two sounds are on that opposite foot. And when I put it all together, it goes da 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 da, and it it makes seven sounds. And when I say this, I I associate the words follow the yellow brick road, follow the yellow brick road, follow the yellow brick road as I'm doing the steps. So it's going. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And you can be like, you can make it really fast too if you go, and it's kind of like the song, um, the Metallica song, One, when when that, you know, when that drum part kicks in, in the middle of the song, it's like, so you can get that sound. Or you can also, if you know the Primus song, My Name is Mud, you can also use this step to go, so there you go there's a there's two steps that are steps that i like to kind of play around with that are i don't know if those are steps that most people would normally talk about or do but um the the first one that i was talking about that i like to call minneapolis that's a good one to kind of groove with it's a good i like to call it my groove step because if you have a step as you're improvising that you feel comfortable coming back to, I, I've found that 
it helps people sometimes if they have a certain step that they just they branch from. So, for instance, that's one of my steps that I would do that with. But you could just take, for instance, you could take paradiddles, or as some people like to call them, dig brush toe heel, and just do that on, you know, just keep alternating those. Go, and just make that your kind of step that you come back to. And then as you branch out from there and do other steps, then if you start to lose your way or forget where you are or, I mean, or just you're you're bored with whatever other step you might be doing, you can always come back to that basic like groove step, that paradiddle or that whatever, whatever your kind of step is that you can maintain and and not have to stop it's something that you can kind of keep going so that it's grooving with the music and then as you branch out i think you feel a lot more comfortable knowing that you have the safety net of a step you can fall back on and that step can be any step that can be a some sort of a riff that you like to do maybe it's like one two three four five 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 uh one two three four five one two three four five uh uh and that's that's kind of the thing that you'll come back to and then if you wanted to think of it as you're soloing on top of that and you can throw other steps in there so you could be like you know what I mean? So there's that. You can, as long as you can kind of keep coming back to that step, then you feel comfortable branching out into other things. And I, I've, I found that that's kind of nice. What do you, what are your takes on that? What do you, what do you do as you improvise? What's one of your sort of bread and butter groove steps that you like to do? You know where to send me an email, right? Rick at HaveTapShoesWillTravel.com Let me know about your bread and butter step. What, what do you like to do to kind of hold down the groove and then you branch out from that as you're improvising? Let's see. He also said he had another question here. Oh, no, he said... In other words, moves that you would not necessarily learn in your standard tap classes, but are good to learn and experiment with. Okay, so that is still the same. All right, that's all one question. So there there wasn't more to that. Yeah, that's the basic idea is a couple of those types of steps. Let's see, what else is there to talk about today? I thought I had more. I've got a, a grant proposal that I'm working on right now. Or a like a fellowship thing, trying to get that thing in, working against the clock. You know, is it me or does it just feel like everything just keeps hitting lately? It just feels like there are just so many things to have to get done all at once. Woo! Sometimes you just have to take a deep breath, right? It's it's all going to work out. That's the thing. Whether or not we completely stress about it, or whether or not we figure out ways to relax and just let it happen it's it's all going to work out in the end and whether I stress about it or not it's still going to work out 
as long as I um, keep moving forward and keep pushing through the procrastination. <laughs> you know, that's that's a constant thing. And we all have to stay active. We have to keep keep hustling. There there are websites to build. There are what else? What else do we have to do? We gotta get the grant applications in. We gotta build those technical riders. We gotta still make phone calls to presenters and and people who to front the dates as as shows are getting closer. And then there we still have to get into rehearsal. We gotta do all that, right? to get in the studio and make some not only make up some new routines and get some new steps in there and some new material but you've also got to go over the old stuff too and make sure all that is still looking tight you know I have to say I'm thankful for muscle memory um, there have been a few times where and it hasn't been recent but there have been times where there's been a, you know, a couple weeks that go by where you don't have the shoes on and it's strange, but then you put your tap shoes back on, and you're like, oh, okay, good. It's still there, thankfully. And then you you run through your dances, and then you're like, oh, great, okay. Still got it. It's still in there. I didn't lose it yet. That's great. Water break. And so I'm, I'm thankful for that. But there, there are so many things that just need to be done, you know, and then let alone all of those tapes that I've got in bins of of footage. And and I was thinking about this earlier today. I've got I know I have shoots from from shows that we've done that are like three camera shoots of entire shows that I just have never watched. And there are so many things like that in the bin that we need to get transferred so that it's all on one hard drive. So there's there's those types of things that also need to get done. There's there are so many things, you know, organizing the books, getting all that dialed in. Is it is it a is it a matter of being on the QuickBooks? What's what's going on? And then there's also oh by the way, post on Instagram today, post on Facebook, make sure that you're keeping active with that, you know. So there's so many different things to be thinking about. And then Oh, I still need to read Harry Potter, right? I got to finish that book. Woo! I did slip a Golden Girls in there tonight while I was eating dinner. God, that show, it, I mean, I know, it's it's a bunch of old ladies, but they, they were hilarious. And if you have the time at some point <laughs> to sit down and watch a show, the writing on that show is pretty funny. And definitely worth checking out if you have hulu there you go shameless golden girls plug all right well i think i've babbled enough at at you this week i really appreciate you tuning in and checking out the podcast um i'm thrilled that there are people out there that are listening to it i also noticed recently on anchor they've upgraded some of their some of their analytics and I've realized that people have been listening to this in other countries even. And that was quite a thrill as I was, I was, it was showing a little bit more like demographic analytics. And so it just, they just went through an upgrade. I think Spotify bought them. So they've, they've definitely been upgrading their whole software. 
And so it, it kind of showed it, it showed me that there are people in New Zealand, people in Canada, people in Australia, people in the United Kingdom, Denmark, France, India, Brazil, and the Netherlands. So shout out to all of you. For those of you who are tuning in in other countries, and for those of you who are tuning in in the United States as well, which is a, a, the majority of, of the people that are tuning into this podcast, but I mean, what a thrill. People are in other countries also listening at the same time, and so I appreciate all of you. It's it's available on iTunes, it's available on Stitcher, and all the different places where you might listen to a podcast. If it isn't being offered on a place where you like to get your podcast, let me know, and I'll make sure that it gets put there. We are working on getting it on YouTube as well. We do have a YouTube page. As of right now, I've built a playlist on the YouTube page that kind of shows you uh, some really great tap videos. And I did not post any of these videos, but I just built a playlist that allows you to kind of start your trip down the rabbit hole and allows you to find some really great tap dance videos in one place. And we're also on Facebook. We're also on where Spotify and we're on Instagram and what's the other one? Twitter. <laughs> Tweet us if you want. Go ahead. Tweet me and I'll hit you back. Don't worry. We'll give you a retweet or something. How does that work? I don't know. There are hardly any Twitter followers on my page on, on Twitter, but you know, if you're on there and you want to follow the Have Tap Shoes Will Travel page, uh, it actually is listed on Twitter as only it's under Have Tap Shoes because, you know, how many characters you can have on there. You have to, you have to cut it short on Twitter. It's always been kind of an abbreviated platform anyway, right? Wow. Yeah, it's been, it's been a great week, and I'm looking forward to the rest of this week. There's a there's a lot more work to do, everybody. We got to get in the studios, keep tightening it up, keep swinging it, make it sound good. And yeah, that's what I got. That's what I got for this week, everyone. We'll have some more. I'll have more stuff for you next week. If you want to write in with any questions, once again, Rick at HaveTapShoesWillTravel.com. And we're also on Anchor.fm slash HaveTapShoesWillTravel. That's where you can, uh, if you'd like to make a donation to the podcast, if you'd like to download the podcast, it's also available right there on, on the Anchor website. Thank you once again for tuning in. Thank you to Matt at the Dancing Fair. Thank you to Andy. Thank you to Ryan Grams and Uptop Films. And I hope everybody out there has a wonderful week. And enjoy the, the spring. I hope you're all feeling optimistic. I know it's 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 been a long winter. But it is going to warm up. The snow will all be gone soon. And it will be summer before you know it. So get ready for it. Get those shoes on. Tighten up those steps. Summertime's almost here. You don't want to be tapping out there in your shorts at the beach. Bring your tap shoes. 
What the hell am I talking about anyway? Okay. Have a wonderful week. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Shoes Will Travel, the podcast hosted by Rick Osland. Connect with us today on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.